Hello ladies and gentlemen, jelly beans, chickens, fish and everything in between. Welcome once again to another episode of So Married a Horror Fan. How the fuck is everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing well. This is a very exciting episode. This is the first episode of December and it is also our final episode of the 5x5 variety. We are going to be doing a best of 2022 episode because there's a lot of stuff out this year. We're not singling it out to five. It's going to be our top 10 best of 2022. I am Simon. I'm Lee. And uh, yeah, before, without further ado, before we get into this, I just want to let you know, guys know if you haven't seen what we've got coming up in December. So after today, on Monday, the 5th of December, we are going to be looking at From Hell. On the 12th of December, we are going to be looking at Blade. Two. Uh, no, we did the first one. The first we had this conversation. Because we can't do two, two GDT movies in the same month or people are going to start thinking we're on the payroll. Um, then on the 16th of December, we are doing Crossing the Stream on Ghost Watch, which I'm very excited about. Uh, on the 19th of December, we are doing The Crow. Car, car, bang, fuck, I'm dead. And then the last thing we are covering for the year of our Lord 2022 will be on Boxing Day when we will have a lovely episode on Hellboy for you. The good one, not the one with David Harbour in it. So, that is what we will be looking at for the rest of this year and for this month. Just a quick thing before we get into this list and the caveats around how we put this list together. We promised you guys that we would be announcing today when this episode dropped that we will be announcing what we are doing in January and what we are doing in February. So I'm going to hand over to Lee and she is going to tell you what's coming in January and what's coming in February. To me? Okay, so January is our horror anthology month. Yeah, boy. So we will be doing on the 2nd of January scare package. On the 6th of January, we'll be doing a 5x5 five five on our top five double bills. Ooh. I'm excited. Uh, on the 9th of January, we'll be doing the ABCs of Death. 16th is Trick or Treat. Motherfucker. The 20th is our Crossing the Stream episode on Mortuary Collection. Motherfucker. On the 23rd, we are doing Body Bags. Motherfucker. And on the 30th, we'll be doing Creep Show. The film, the not film, the TV not the TV shows. Yeah, <coughs> Uh, February is our three equals month. I feel like we should have done three equals in March, but there we go. Uh, our five by five for that month on the third will be Desert Island Films. On the sixth, we will be doing Army of Darkness. A.K.A. Evil Dead 3. Yeah. On the 13th, we will be doing Season of the Witch. A.K.A. Halloween 3. You don't need to keep saying it's the third one of a franchise. Yeah, but people might not know that it's Halloween uh, 3. Uh, crossing the stream for that, uh, that's, that month on the 17th will be The Night House. On the 20th, we will be doing Night Before Christmas. Night Before Christmas. <laughs> Nightmore on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. And on the 27th, we will be doing Hellraiser 3. Hell on Earth. Yes. Yeah, so that's what's coming up on January and February. As always, we will post all of that information to our socials. So keep an eye on our Instagram and our Twitter. You'll be able to see all of that information um, on there as well, just for the late bloomers that don't come in on this episode. So 2022 has been a fucking bonkalonkos. Year for horror. TM, Jesse Ratcliffe. Uh, year for horror. 
Like, it's been a weird one. Like, this was a hard list to put together because there were some movies that came out this year that we were really excited for that we ended up being really disappointed by. Yes. I'm looking at you, Hellraiser. <laughs> um, and, you know, a few others. Um, there was a lot of films this year. I put a list out on our social media of films that... Um, I don't think... There was a couple of people that kind of, like, came back to us that I don't think understood what I meant. But there was a lot of films this year that weren't released in the UK, or if they were... They weren't wide release near where we were. So Allegoria by Spider One, Rob Zombie's brother, was not released in the UK this year, despite it being a Shudder exclusive. Same with Resurrection. That's a Shudder exclusive everywhere but the UK. Um, we didn't get The Monsters. Apparently that's coming to the UK in January on Blu-ray and DVD by your boy Bobby Z. Uh, we didn't get Pearl. Um, although, if I guess, if you wanted to watch Pearl in the UK and if you wanted to watch Rob Zombie's um, Monsters now... They are available on US Blu-ray if you have a multi-region Blu-ray player, if you don't want to wait until March to see Pearl. Um, we also didn't get wide release near us, Hatching and Crimes of the Future. Um, they were released in the UK and they were released in UK cinemas, just no cinemas that were anywhere near us. Uh, we also didn't get the interview with the Vampire TV series. Don't, I'm very sad because so, that would have definitely made it onto my list, yeah, so I feel like. We aren't covering that. Um, but there was like, and there was a lot of release date stuff this year as well. Like we didn't get Nope until two weeks after the US. We didn't get Hellraiser until three weeks after the US. We got Chucky pretty relatively quickly. We got really? Chucky like four days after it finished in the US, I think, yeah. or some or three days, something like that. So there was like a. Why little... they couldn't air at the same time? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Whatever. We had to wait for it to air in America, and then it like aired over here. So yeah, there's quite a bit of stuff that we didn't like get we haven't got to see that i think like some of like both of us like i really wanted to see hatching and there's not a streaming option for it in the uk currently um yeah, i think i got lucky this year with stuff that i wanted to watch like tv shows wise that like yeah. have been released basically con like cons um consecutively i cannot say that word today consecutively yeah in the UK and US, so I got pretty lucky, but a lot of horror fans did not. Um, and I just want to, I just want to like address the mime-shaped elephant in the room. Neither of us have seen Terrifier two. Terrifier two will not be on either of our lists. Um, in all honesty, I couldn't be fucked to watch it. Um, I haven't seen the first one, and it's one of those movies where everybody was like it's amazing and it's two and a half hours long and it's gory and like all the thing about people puking and all this sort of shit and i was like that's cool um but i think by this point i've seen so many memes and reels and tiktoks and videos of like the kills and stuff in it that i'm just kind of past the point of caring so terrified too isn't on either of our lists but i, I mean, think i have zero interest in seeing it anyway i think given like what we had to hand and what we we watched i think we watched a pretty good amount of like horror movies this year like there's a bunch of stuff that i was disappointed by that would like in like i can't believe i've made a top 10 20, 20 two of 2022 list without a jordan peele movie on it because i just didn't like nope i mean or alternatively you're me and then realized about two weeks ago oh shit i've got to put a top of top 20 top 10 of 2022 list on here and went fuck i don't think i've watched enough that i actually liked and had to go and basically freak out and watch every film I could get my hands on one, to see if I liked it or not. Like, one thing I will say about 2022 is A24 released a fuck ton of movies this year. Like, A24 released Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
which was boring, boring, boring. Um, they released X and Pearl, and they also released Men this year. So A24 had a pretty good year for that type of horror. Um, Shudder released a buttload of content yeah, this they year. Did. They did the 101 scariest, <coughs> scariest Film series. They did Queer for Fear, which is an awesome documentary series. <laughs> it seemed like every week, depending on what part of the world you're in, because Shudder UK doesn't get everything. Like, as I just said, we didn't get Allegory or Resurrection. But we got, like, a lot of stuff, like Speak No Evil, Glorious. We got Deadstream. We got VHS 99. We got The Sadness, which I think had worldwide distribution. So we got a lot of stuff. Like, Shudder low-key has been killing it for the last couple of years and like they keep they keep doing these two they do these this awesome thing like they make original films but then they buy a lot of films for like distribution worldwide as well so there's been a lot and like we've had a lot of mainstream franchises come back this year like hellraiser came back we got another halloween movie we got another scream movie so it's been a nice mix of like mainstream horror and like weird art house shit and like just other stuff but without further ado because i know the real reason why you people are listening to this list it, this episode is because you want to hear some fucking lists so i went first on our favorite horror movies from every year that we've been born list mm-hmm. so you can go first this time i'm going to explain the rules to you people because if you've never listened to one of these this is how it works normally we do a top five with three honorable mentions but this time we are doing a top ten so what will what will happen is we will go one apiece, so Lee will go 10, I will go 10, blah, blah, blah. We'll go back and forth. If one of the movies is higher on our list than the others, we will wait until we get to the higher point of the person's list to go through it. But yeah, normally we would do honourable mentions, but because we have so many to go through, there will be no honourable mentions. This just will be our top 10s from 10 to 1. So off you go. Me first. Okay, so my number 10 is Wednesday. Boo! Cross out Lee. Simon did not enjoy Wednesday. I loved Wednesday. For anyone who doesn't know, Netflix have done a show based around Wednesday Adams of Adams Family fame. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little, like, age appropriate as well because it's kind of made for like teens. I'd say. Um. It's not really an adult <coughs> show. It is made for like family viewing. Much like most Adam's Family stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I loved... Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega as Wednesday. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really fun show. I know you didn't like it This very much. This show may as well have just been called Miss Peregrine's Home for Kids Who Went to Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you didn't like, like it. Like, I... I did and I didn't. I think Jenna Ortega rules and I think Jenna Ortega rules in anything and everything. And I thought she was fucking great in it. I just think that Arthur Goff and Miles Miller have no fundamental understanding of what makes the Adams Family the Adams Family. Mm -hmm. And I get that it's not an Adams Family show. I just thought everything outside of Wednesday was trash. Uh, I did it back and forth on this one. This one was like one they kept switching in and out. Like there was two different things that this number 10 was going to be. Uh, but I settled on Wednesday in the end because Wednesday had a resolution. Mm-hmm. The other show got cancelled. Um, but yeah, it was like very much like, like close to the wire. I had decided about 20 seconds before we started doing this episode what which one was going to yeah. be my number 10. 
Um, no, I just really loved it. I thought it was really enjoyable. I liked the central mystery. I liked all of the different characters that they introduced. I just it was a fun, nice show. <clears throat> Speaking of trash, my number 10 is Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't seen. Um, I am a trash human being and I like trash things. Generally speaking, a lot of the horror movies I like are trash. Um, but I think this movie's really fun. A lot of people fucking hated this movie. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and this movie in general, head over to our friends at Cast Me To Hell. I did an episode, it's about two hours long, talking about the entire franchise and this movie on their podcast. Go check them out. Support them. They're great dudes. But I occasionally, I think today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to eat really healthy. I'm going to have a nice meal. I'm going to have a nice dinner. And some days I'm like, I just want a cheeseburger. I just want the greasiest, nastiest cheeseburger I can find. This is the cheeseburger. I will be happy. Yeah. And like, this is the cheeseburger. Like, Not everything has to be amazing five stars. Like Sometimes you just want to see a dude in a mask, wearing the mask of his dead mum. Or his adopted mum just killing people sure. and it's great i saw this movie three times the day it dropped on netflix and i had a lot of fun with it that's and that's why it's on my list i there was two films that i was going to put in the number 10 spot for the same reason and the other movie i feel like might be on your list but it might not don't tell me if it is or not but it was studio 666 was the other one it for, is not. for exactly the same reasons studio 666 is not a great movie but it's got the foo fighters in it and it's like just trash Pat. I love and like, man. and Pat's me is wearing like fucking Scrooge pajamas in it. Um, so yeah, but I went with Texas Chainsaw just because I just think it's a fucking ludicrous movie. <laughs> That's fair. Um, what was your number nine? So my number nine is Stranger Things season four. Oh, you cunt! I knew this was coming. <laughs> you knew Stranger Things would be on my list. I, I knew, I knew the Eddie Munson experience <laughs> was gonna the show that was responsible for bringing. Kate Bush and Metallica to the masses. I mean, I think Metallica have done really well for themselves as a new band. I think, you know, they've done really good. Their new album is going to sell really well. I'm hoping well. that Kate Bush is going to win Best New Artist at the Brit Awards this year. Fingers crossed for her. She she is very good. Um, no, I really enjoy Stranger Things. I know you're not as fond of this season. I really enjoyed this season. I thought there were certain plot lines that could have been strimmed out, hence why it's nine on my list. Uh, but overall, I think it was a really good season. It was a really wait, really nice season to lead into the last season of Stranger Things. There are numerous issues I have with this season and with the duffel bags. However, overall, it was good. And also, yes, it gave us Eddie Munson, but it also uh, gave me Jamie Campbell Bower for the first time in a while because he's not really been in much recently. And I love him. So, Dearly. my two problems with Stranger Things Season 4 was it was bloated and anticlimactic. It didn't need to be two parts and not every episode needed to be an hour and a half long for the payoff that we got. Yeah, you are correct. I think the payoff in the final two episodes was really underwhelming. It was like expecting a firework show and getting like firecrackers thrown at you. It was just really underwhelming for how much they built Vecna and his Vecnacy up. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other problem with it is, is Stranger Things was one of those shows, like, the last season aired in 2019, so three years prior to this. And 
the reason why people fell in love with Stranger Things is because of the characters and the nostalgia and a lot of the nostalgia mining. It's the same reason why Ready Player One was so successful is people weren't going into it going, oh, I love these characters necessarily to begin with. They were going, I love people showing me the things that I love and making me feel things from my childhood. Yeah. The problem with watching Stranger Things season four is that it had to follow Fear Street trilogy, yeah. which was written by Ross Duffer's wife, One of Lee Janiak. And you see how well she treats teen characters and how she treats their plight. And you're just like... Yeah, your wife is basically, like, a lot better than you are and has a general grasp of, like, teenagers of a certain See, age in a certain time period. So this is kind of the thing. Is There's a reason it's so far down on my list. So the general rule, I adore Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It's pretty well known amongst everyone who knows me. I'm a big Stranger Things fan. This season wasn't as good as previous seasons, and part of that is down to the writing. My favourite moments from this season, I do feel like, were completely due to the characters they had. Uh, because I know massive parts of the like parts of the script characters were just adding shit in mm. and changing. Some characters were completely different from how they were originally yeah. written. And that was down to the actors playing <laughs> them. Um, but I just, I just enjoyed this season. I thought it was fun. And I really loved Eddie. I mean... And I have to ask as well. Who fucking does it in <laughs> What kind of assholes hire Robert England for two minutes of screen time? Yeah, that's true. That is true. But no, I really liked it. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue when people say it's not a good season because I can understand why people don't enjoy it. I just thought it was really fun. Have you heard people put their names forward to direct a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot? And I was like, God, keep no. them as far the fuck away possible. Get Lee Janiak in on this. I just want Lee Janiak. Like, no, Lee no, 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 no. Because Lee Janiak, in my mind, is earmarked to do Friday the 13th. I mean, she's already made a Friday the 13th movie, technically, because she made, like, Fear Street 1978, which is basically a Sackhead Jason movie. But, yeah, I want her to do a Friday the 13th movie, and I want the Duffel Brothers to just go away. (laughs) Um, My number nine, this might be a surprise, this might even be on your list. Um, It is kind of technically TV, I guess. Uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh, yeah. Not much, but in fact, we can talk about it because I'm pretty sure it is the next one on my list. Your number eight, would it be? Uh, it is my number eight. It's yeah. Werewolf by Night. Mate, Werewolf by Night was fucking great. Werewolf like, by Night was fucking fantastic. Honestly, like, Marvel Marvel talk a big game a lot. Marvel, like, yeah, man, we're making a movie that's basically like a spy thriller or like Star Wars or like this other thing that you love. But then they went, yeah, so we're going to do, like, a homage to, like, Universal Monsters. And, like, I was really sceptical. And then I watched it. And it was fucking great. Plus, they, they took in the, the fucking fourth member of the Holy Trilogy, the Trinity, didn't they? Third member? Because there's um the one whose name I can never remember which around is Gabriel Garcia Bernal. Yeah. Yeah, is that the right way around? Uh, yes. I, I always so. mess up which the, way around it's the guy his from, name goes. It's the guy from Babel. And yeah, and he's in, he in Mama Tuanes, whatever Mama, that is. Mama E2 Tambien. Yeah, with... Um, E2 Mama Tambien. Diego Luna. Oh, no, they have, they've got the, the, the holy quarter, haven't they? Because Diego Luna's in um, Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to say, Diego Luna's not in the MCU yet. No, but he is in Star Wars. I said Disney, not yeah. MCU. Because Pedro Pascal is also in Star Wars. Yes. But, um... Yeah, I really like this. I, I like the fact that it was like its own standalone thing, but it also introduced like a more 
Like that, there's there's clearly a part of the MCU that they're setting up as like a horror division, so that they can have like more horror related characters. And this is going to obviously lead into the introduction of like Blade and Ghost Rider, and then inevitably the Midnight Suns. And it followed on from Doctor Strange in the in the Multiverse of Madness. I nearly said in the Mouth of Madness, and that's a whole movie, other movie entirely. Um, but like that that whole kind of thing, and like the way. Like Michael Giacchino, who's one of the greatest composers of all time, like directed the fuck out of this thing. He did. And it also was a, a welcome introduction, reintroduction to the public of one of the greatest Marvel characters of all time, Man-Thing, who in this is known as Ted. And there's a really cute... There's a, if, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. If you haven't seen it, like fast forward maybe a couple of seconds because I'm just going to talk about the end. Like there's a great moment in this where it goes from being black and white to being colour and Jack Russell, who is the werewolf by night, is sitting next to Ted, a.k.a. Man-Thing, and they're just listening to Over the Rainbow together. And I saw, because I don't know if you knew this, because I don't know if we've discussed this, but Ted's actually a puppet. I saw videos of him being puppeteered. So he's not CGI. He's an actual full-size puppeteered animatronic, which is really fucking cool. Um, yeah, probably the most violent the MCU's gotten so far. Because it's all black and white. You don't really see a lot of the blood, but it's, it's pretty cool. I think it's more bloody, but I don't think it's the most violent. Because the MCU's pretty violent. It's just not very graphic. Yeah, and to be fair, like there's some like pretty near-the-knuckle shit in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I think the difference in this is that you get to see the blood, but because it's in black and white, it doesn't really register as much. Because doesn't Wanda make Black Bolt's head blow up in... You don't see any of it, do yeah, you? But... It's all done off screen. You yeah, see, she like, makes, the afterwards it, she makes his head blow up, doesn't she? Um, yeah. But no, I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night, so I didn't know who the character was. I had no idea yeah. coming in, because although I love the Marvel movies, I'm not a big comic book fan. That's Simon's job in this household. I look at him and go, babe, what does that mean? Everyone seems very excited, and then he has to explain it to me. <clears throat> uh, but I really liked it. But I quite like Universal Monsters, so it wasn't that surprising that I enjoyed yeah. it. Plus, I also really do love Gabrielle and Garcia Bernal. You're, you're kind of like that Marvel meme where it's like, that meme is like the one guy sitting in the cinema. It's like Marvel fans, after sitting through 25 minutes of credits, to see one guy show up and go, I'm Zip Zap, and then flop out to fade to black. And then everyone's like, who the fuck is Zip Zap? And yeah. I'm like... I'm I'm the one who literally like I think it was the end of um, Eternals when I had to basically go collar you and go why is it so important that he has the sword? <laughs> what does the sword mean? And why is Blade talking to him? Yeah, and you had to explain it to me. It was Blade's the whole like, thing. It happens so. quite a lot of me going. I don't understand why this is so <clears> exciting. <throat> Could you give me some background information, please? Yeah, although to be fair, the TV series has actually been a lot better. At- kind of explaining who people are yeah like mook knight was shit for that um i liked mook knight though but like everything else was good if that was slightly more horror adjacent that would have made it onto my list i think i think if moon knight had moon knight in it it would have been a better show Hmm. i liked it i thought it was fun ah cool blimey it's me steven from the museum going on adventures i liked old moon knighty and i really liked um the scarlet scarab scarlet scarab yes yeah so yeah, that was my number nine and Quite your number eight. number eight. So my number eight is a movie I know that you've definitely not seen. Okay, so it's definitely not my list. Uh, VHS 99. I have not seen that. I watched this movie uh, a few weeks back when I was off work sick and uh, it was good. 
Uh, I've always been a really big fan of the VHS movies. Of the five that they've released, I've only not seen one of them, which is the viral one. Um, I enjoyed 94, which is the one that came out last year, Hail Ratma. Um, and I thought this one was really interesting. I've seen it be quite divisive. Like a lot of people are like, it was good, but I think they're running out of ideas. Um, whereas like, I thought this one was pretty interesting. Some of the segments were really good. One of the segments was actually directed by the director and star of Deadstream. And I can't for the life of me remember which one it was, but there's one where like, one of the segments they go to hell. There's like a segment that's like a CKY video. So it's about a bunch of kids doing like a, they, they're like a, a group and it starts off where they're like all being introduced like CKY or Jackass. Yes. And they like break into a fucking abandoned music venue and get taken over by a fucking vengeful punk band. And there's like, there's another one where a little girl goes on like a fucking kids game show like Temple Run or some shit and she gets injured so her mum, like, kidnaps the guy who runs this fucking game show, like, tortures him. Uh, and there's one with a Gorgon in it, which is fucking sick. The Gorgon one is the one that, like, blew my dick off, because it's great. Love a Gorgon. So it's kind of like, you, you've, you've never seen American Pie, but I, I guarantee you'll know the scene when I reference it. So there's a scene in American Pie where, like, Jim and his mates are watching Shannon Elizabeth strip. No. Nope. And it leads to him doing, like, the dance that's, like, the most popular scene in the movie. No. Nope. And Blink-182 are inexplicably in that scene for some reason with a monkey. Nope. Um, but yeah, so basically there's these bunch of dudes online that are like, kind of like perving over this woman who lives across the street from them. And they like try to get her to like video chat with them on the internet. And it turns out she's a motherfucking Gorgon and she kills them all and it's fucking great. And the, like she's got the fucking snake head and shit and it's really fucking cool. <laughs> um Yeah, I thought... Of the like the latter VHS movies, this was one of the more consistent ones. And the thing is, they're making another one. They're making one next year. Brock Daddy's going to do a segment in it. Scott Derrickson's going to do a, a segment in it. Uh, and it's kind of just one of those like franchises where I'm just like, this could go on forever, and mm. I'd be I'd be happy. Uh, I think the next one they're doing is '85, so they're taking it way back to the year I was born. So I'm very into it. But yeah, that was my number eight VHS 99. Cool. My number seven. uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much because we have very, very recently done an episode on it. It's Chucky season two. Your boy. Your boy. boy, It's your boy, Bald Chucky. It's your boy, Chucky. So we have just literally done an episode on it. Like two days ago. You are correct. Uh, But I fucking loved this season of Chucky. It was really fucking enjoyable. And I really love Tiffany. And I really love... Meg and I really love Glenn and Glenda and it was just overall quite fun and I love Nadine and I'm very sad Nadine died. And your boy Ball Chucky. My boy Ball Chucky and also my boy uh, Swole Chucky. Jack's Chucky. Jack Chucky. Uh, but yeah I won't talk about Jamie Mitch because people might not have seen it yet uh, but I really 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 enjoyed it. I love it. how you like, I don't want to talk about it yet because people might not have seen it yet you dropped a massive spoiler. <laughs> it's fine. I said it and then immediately went, oh, oopsies. Or did I? No, I did. Nah. Nah. Uh, or, but was it? But where was your dick go? Was <laughs> <laughs> a, a third of the way to Mars. <laughs> but where was your dick go? <laughs> uh, are you, are you ready? I'm done, yeah. Number seven on my list. Another movie that I know that you haven't seen. And it took me a very long time to watch it. I had to build myself up to watch it because I wasn't ready 
to watch it for a long time and it's another one that i watched when i was sick um which probably wasn't the best thing given the amount of bodily fluids that are in this movie and just disgusting shit it is the thai film the sadness i don't realize you'd watched it yes insta regret Oh. It's great. So it came out last year in Thailand, which is its native country. Or Taiwan, sorry. No, it's Taiwanese, not Thailand. Thai, sorry. Apologies. It came out in its native country, Taiwan, or Taiwan. How do you say it? Is it Taiwan? Taiwan? Um, last year. And um, did some festivals, and then it came out universally on Shudder this year in August. And, like, I'd read so many things about it. And, like, the thing is, I love Asia Extreme, um, but I haven't watched anything that extreme for a very, very long time. Um, so I was kind of building myself up to it and building myself up to it. And I had it for, on my Shudder watch list for a really long time. And it was kind of like that like curse object in the room. I was like, is today going to be the day when I do it? And basically, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of like a zombie movie. But they're infected with like a virus that like drops all their inhibitions. So, like, mayhem. <laughs> yeah, but, like, way worse. Fair. So, like, for anyone that hasn't seen it, I won't, I don't want to talk about it because there's a lot of taboo subjects in it. But basically, anything that you can think of that is horrible that another human can do to another, this movie's like, yeah, let's do that. And there's, like, lots of puke and blood and just other nasty shit in it. Gross. Um, imagine if Takashi Miike went... I can make the most fucked up zombie movie ever. And then he did it. Um, it's one of those movies I would recommend in the same way that people are recommending Terrified to, because it is a bit of an endurance test. I won't necessarily say you enjoyed it, but I enjoyed how fucking balls to the wall it was. And it was nice to see a movie just go, fuck it. Like, here is a lot of gnarly shit. But I don't know how much I will rewatch it if at all. Mm. So, it's on my list mainly because of how fucking insane it is. Fair enough. So, my number six is the blank screen? Is Scream. Um, we're not going to talk about it yet. Okay. Okay, so my number six is a movie that came out on the day that we're recording this. A Wounded Fawn. Pump it. Mate. Bump it, man. Okay. Bump it. Okay, so my number five, you haven't seen, so I know for what I've been talking about this, is a film called Moloch. 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 Um, so basically, it is a Dutch film. Dutch? Yeah, it's in Dutch. It's broken into Deutsch. Uh, no, that's German. Dutch is a different language. <laughs> um, so it's set in, I believe it's set in the Netherlands, but don't quote me on that. It's a Shudder film. Shudder. It's on Shudder in the UK. In the UK. In the UK. Um, and it is basically about a family living in the middle of nowhere, like um, by a bog. And they start, like, they, they uncover, not the family, but people who are digging there, uncover a bunch of bodies in the bog. And it's kind of all about like generational trauma and love that uh, generational curses and things like that. But it's half in Dutch, half in English, um, and it is fucking magnificent. 
it's not balls to all scary it's not like horrifically horrifying it's like very um atmospheric i think is the word for it but it's all based around like fairy tales and myths and like especially like old folk tales from like when you live in somewhere like that like there's a lot of myths that get attached like they live next to a fucking bog for fuck's sake um but it is delightful it's really 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 well made and it is fucking stunning this is one of the films i panic watched actually lee watched it as preparation to then watch hereditary no she did not uh but like from everything i know about hereditary like i feel like it does have a very similar kind of feel to it as a movie because it does deal with like cults and things like that um but yeah it's a great film like, Jesus Christ. I wasn't expecting much because it was part of my panic watch. Mm. And I just picked a bunch of films that came out this year. Um, and a couple of them stung me quite quite dramatically. But this one did not. Um, and I would highly recommend it if you have a Shudder subscription in the UK. I think it's probably international, to be honest. Yeah. Because I think pretty sure it's down as being a Shudder <clears throat> exclusive. That doesn't mean anything, allegoria. <laughs> yeah. But I think if, like, if we've got it in the UK, everywhere else is fucking Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, probably. <laughs> I would highly recommend watching it. It's a very good film. <clears throat> My number five, I suspect, is probably higher on your list. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Predator 5. Yeah, no, pump it. <laughs> nope. <coughs> Prey is further up. Okay, my number four mm-hmm. is Total Next Steve. Whoa. No, okay. We're moving that. We're moving that up. All right. So my number four is Scream Parentheses 2022. Okay, so we're talking about Scream now. Fair enough. Um, so I didn't have much hope going into Scream at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically just, we really wanted to see it. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll go see it. What? Who really cares? And then we had that absolute nightmare at the and cinema. And we had an absolute nightmare at the cinema. Absolute shocker. moved shocker. screens because the screen wasn't working. It's buzzing. It's a complaint, not a review. Um, what? It's from Peter Kay. Okay. Scream 5, it's buzzing. Oh, thanks, I... man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did not have high hopes going into it because I'm not a massive Scream fan. But it was really fucking enjoyable. Yeah. Unsurprising. It's got Jenna Ortega in it. <laughs> yeah, Jenna Ort- It's got a really good cast. Melissa Pereira, Jenna Ortega, uh, Jack Quaid, the girl who plays Amber. Who, uh, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what her name is. Carl Goldner's Gold in, in it. Yeah, it's just a really fun film, actually. And it was a really nice, like, take back to the Scream franchise. It felt a lot more like the original view. Like, mm-hmm. the original two. Less, like, three and four. Because I feel like four just kind of went, ah, fuck it, do whatever. I feel like... I feel like it was as violent as four. Because when we rewatched four before we saw five, or five cream... I w- I'm always constantly surprised by how violent 4 is. Because, mm. like, fucking, what's his name, gets the fucking knife in the head, and there's a lot of shit going on in that movie. Um, I thought I thought Scream was one of those movies that... Re- I think it's the film this year that surprised me the most, because I was fully prepared. I was, I was in the cinema, I had... My Scream t-shirt on. I was drinking my Scream juice with my Scream lunchbox with my Scream hat with my voice changer and my ghost face mask. And I was like, let's go Scream. And then I remember walking out the cinema 
Alan, you can you guys can hear this on the review. Like I'm not I'm not a revisionist. I'm not all about revisionist history. If you go and listen to our review that we did of it, like a couple of hours after we came out of the cinema, it's really obvious that I was disappointed in it. Yeah, you were. And I remember saying to you, like, I fucking hated that, but I don't know why I hated it. And then I bought it on Blu-ray and I've seen it about three or four times since. And every time I rewatch it, I'm like, okay, I need, like, okay, like, okay. Like, and I think I've grown to like it more on rewatches. I think there were parts of, like, the story that were a bit like, okay, like, I have to get used to these new characters. And obviously Wes didn't direct this one. And, you know, there was a lot of, and, like, there was a certain... I, I don't know if I can say the spoiler because I know there's people who haven't really seen it, but there's a certain returning character from the originals that I was a bit like, what the fuck is this? And it took a little bit of time for me to kind of come round to like, this isn't the scream that I grew up with and this isn't the scream that I was used to. But I think the thing that surprised me was like, before we walked in the cinema, I was like, already like, this is going to be my number one film of the year. This is the one horror movie that I'm the most anticipating. Like, let's go Ghostface. And then, yeah, I think on subsequent rewatches, I was like, yeah, okay, like, I'm into it now. And, like, I'm excited for Six. I think Six is going to be good until they kill Samara Weaving off in the opening kill. I want to, I just want to say, that's not a spoiler. That's just me being sassy and joking around. Like, I don't want anyone to take that seriously. This is where she dies in the opening scene. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fucking Devo if she does. But yeah, so yeah, I think it took me a long time to come round on it, but I, I, yeah, I think I'm team Scream 5 now. Fair enough. Yeah. That's why it's number four on my list, because there's three movies better that that came out this year. Uh, What's your number three? My number three is The Black Phone. We're going to have to just do a little 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 one. one, Yeah. So my number three is uh, Barbarian. Okay, I haven't seen it, so... Mate, Barbarian... What the actual fuck was this movie? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. This movie was wild as fuck in like a malignant way. Um, So it's uh, it's a hard film to talk about without spoiling it. So I'm going to try not to. This film feels like three movies in one. It feels like a romantic comedy, but it also feels like a home invasion movie. But it also feels like a monster movie, and it's just, it's just fuck, it's just a lot, man. And it changes like rapidly. Like you think it's one thing, then it changes to another thing, and then you think it's that thing, and then it changes to another thing. And like Bill Skarsgård's in this, and because the poor cunt's really creepy looking, the trailer's like, oh yeah, man, like he's definitely gonna fucking murder this woman in a fucking Airbnb, and then some shit happens to him, and then Justin Long turns up, and you're like, oh fucking. This motherfucker in a horror movie, old fucking walrus boy from Tusk, this ain't going to end well. And then it doesn't. And then, oh, yeah, just shit. All I can say is just from the beginning to the end of this movie, shit is constantly popping off. And I would highly recommend seeing this movie. But pretend you're Stevie Wonder and go in as blind as fuck. Because the less you know about this movie, the more enjoyable it will be for you like, when you walk out of it. But I did see something that made me laugh the other day, and I don't know who did it. If anyone knows, let me know. There's a fucking poster for this movie that someone created that makes it look like a romantic comedy. So it's got the picket fence house 
with the picture of the girl and the picture of Alexander Skarsgård, and it just says barbarian. No, in like Bill. Bill, sorry. And it says barbarian in that like italic romantic comedy Christmas font, oh, and it just says all he wanted to do was like trap her heart or something like that, and it's like the fucking most ludicrous thing I've ever oh, seen Jesus in my life. Christ. I feel like we're going to be talking about that motherfucker next year, though, like because Bill's got that Crow remake coming out, man. He does. With um, formerly known as Twigs. Um, so that's going to be interesting when that shit comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Barbarian was wild. Like, it was, like, malignant wild. <laughs> like, but, it, um, but I feel like... Because we are going to talk about a wounded fawn in a little bit, I imagine. Um, but like having watched Smile and having watched Barbarian and having watched like a bunch of other movies this year, another movie we're going to talk about in a bit. There was a lot of like women trapped in a house with like some shit going down, and there's like a basement or some shits happening. Movies coming out this year. When did 2022 become the women trapped in a house and shit go sideways year? Don't know. But yeah, crazy. Uh, what's your number two? My number two is The Wounded Fawn. Mate, really? We watched that movie like an hour ago. <laughs> we literally, what, we finished watching it about 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, like literally, I, I kind of expected to like it anyway, because let's be honest, be honest, someone goes, oh, Josh Rubin's in it, and I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to like this movie. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fucking delightful. I don't want to say too much because it has literally... By the time this is released, it will have literally been dropped, like, less than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, or about 24 hours. Like, it is still very new. I had purposely left a spot open on my top ten because I knew we were going to be recording this episode the day that the film came out. And I was like, I've I've not seen Jacob's Wife and I've not seen A Girl on the Third Floor, which are Travis Stevens' other two movies. But I have seen Cheap Thrills, which is a movie that he directed, which is fucking great. Um, I think that for as... I don't think I could place it as high on my list as what you did. Just because in my brain, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck this movie is. And I still don't know what the fuck this movie is. Hmm. And I think that's the great thing about this movie. Like, there was a bunch of movies that, like, I watched this year where I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. But but I th- forgot about them very quickly. Like, Nope is one of them. And, like, X is another one. Whereas, like, with this, I was like, I feel like I'll still be thinking about this movie in, like, six months' time. And I'll be, like, that fucking Charlie Day meme from Always Sunny where he's got the fucking board with all the red yeah. string. And I'm I like, feel like I don't know what any of it means. Because I don't want to say too much about it because like it is so new. It would be a cool episode to film to do an episode on because there's a lot to dig into in like the imagery of this movie. All you need to know about it really going into it is it starts out kind of like a romantic... Well, no, it doesn't really even start out like a romantic comedy. It's kind of like... What did I see? I saw someone call it a Dario Argento film. Yeah, a giallo. A giallo movie. But then halfway through, the acid they took at the beginning drops. Yeah. And then that's the second half of the film, which I think is the closest you can come to explaining what this movie's like. (coughs) Because Uh, it does, like, the first half is kind of quite normal. Yeah. And it makes sense, like, it's a very, like, through-line plot. And you're like, oh, this, okay, I can see where it's, like, it gets a bit odd, but you're like, I can kind of see where this is going. And then Act 2 hits, and it literally feels like you've taken drugs. Yeah. Because it gets very fucking weird very fucking quickly. Who's the guy who directed Bones and All? Who directed Suspiria? 
and call me by your name. It's Louis, Louis, Louis Guada. Whoever that guy is, (laughs) it feels like he made. So it feels like he directed American Psycho if it were an Evil Dead film. Yeah. Is basically the best way to put it. I think that's a good It's all filmed. It. It's all filmed on sixteen millimeter. The way it is shot on the sixteen millimeter is fucking. The decision to do that was ridiculous, and I love that they did it because it's it's weird watching them using like mobile phones mm-hmm. and shit like that. Because outside of the phone, a lot of the technology we see in the film is quite vintage. Like, there's a record player. The car's quite old as well. Yeah. It's only the phones, really. And it's only her mobile also, that gives away what time period the film's actually set in. What you probably also didn't realise as well is a lot of the clothes and a lot of the furnishings in the cabin all look like they're from the 70s as well. Yeah. So outside of the mobile, outside of, the, like you said, the technology, it looks like a film from the 70s. And like even even like stupid things like the colour of the blood is that like slightly saturated Very, very yeah, red, like, like corn syrup. Yeah, when you look at like and a clip from the original Suspiria um or like any of those like Giallo movies, you kind of like Twitch the Death Nerve, which is a Mario Bava movie, you see like that blood is a slightly off colour. And it's kind of like, in this, it's a very off colour as well. Yeah. But, like, it's one of the fucking weirdest films I've ever seen. I I mean, as we've learned previously, I quite like an odd film. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you in the mouth of madness. Um, and this film kind of felt quite similar of, like, you're never sure whether something's real or not. Uh-huh. And that's the beauty of this film. And it... I honestly can't say enough nice things about it. I think it's fantastic. I think Josh Rubin is amazing in it as the male lead. I don't know what the actress is called. Sarah Lind. Sarah Lind is amazing as... I want to say she's called Heather, but she's not. She's named after that doctor bitch from that... Meredith. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because it's Meredith and Bruce. Yeah. They're both fantastic. The other two female actresses who are in this, one of whom you never see her face, mm-hmm. um, are both also very, very good. Um, a lot of uh, interesting imagery. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much, because I feel like if you start talking about what the imagery yeah. is, then it starts giving away plot points. Shout out to the Italian movie stage fright. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a really, really, really fucking good film. Yeah. 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 And there was one particular moment, and you'll probably know the moment I mean, that reminded me of Psycho Goreman. So you know in Psycho Goreman, there's mm. the thing in the helmet, the little yeah. squishy thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. So that was your number, was number two. two. So my number two, ring, ring, hello, the black, black phone. phone. Mate! 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 It is a very good film. Ethan Hawke, you scary man. Um, Yeah, fucking hell. So this went back and forth. I nearly put this as my number one, but then the film that I've got as number one is a, is just better. But I know again, what your number one is. But, I don't know why you're being <coughs> secretive about it. Well, I know what your number one is. But yeah, like again, <laughs> another movie of someone fucking trapped in a house in a basement. That is true. Um, I... I went into this movie being like, right, I like Scott Derrickson, I like Robert Cargill, I like Ethan Hawke, because I liked Sinister. 
and I like Doctor Strange. Yeah, I like Joe as well. I like I like Joe's uh, dad, Steve. Um, and I was like, I don't really know what this is going to be like though. So uh, the only other Joe Hill ad- adaptation that I kind of watched a bit of was Horns, and wasn't I wasn't into it. I liked Horns. Um, so yeah, I was like really shocked, but I was. <clears throat> this is the one horror movie this year that I've seen that stuck with me because of how much it like unnerved me. Yeah. Like as much as the sadness was like gross, it was just gross. It wasn't like scary. Yeah. Whereas like I remember we were this movie came out like June and we saw it like a week before it was due to properly come out. And I remember walking home and talking about it and just being like I just feel uncomfortable. Like kind of like how you do after you've watched it. And I think it's because it's children in a like they're talking about dead children quite a lot and it's the idea of like children in peril and like there's there's something in horror movies that hits differently when it's like when it's adults like I can sit there and watch adults of like any age be killed or tortured or things like that and it doesn't bother me the minute it's a child or the minute it's an animal I'm just like that completely recontextualizes textualizes the scene and there's a lot of scenes in this where you're just watching it and you're like every time Ethan Hawke comes on screen whether he's got the grabber mask on or not your blood just runs cold and you're just like I don't know what's gonna happen and I don't know how bad this film is gonna get and you kind of just you you can't take your eyes off the screen, but there are moments where you're like, I want to, but I can't. And it's so well directed yeah. for something that has such a gruesome and like uncomfortable subject matter. Um, but yeah, what, what, did, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I very similarly, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great film. It was beautifully directed. But I'm like you. I was like, it made me dreadfully uncomfortable. Um, and I was watching it like going, oh, no, please don't do that. Oh, no, please. Because there's certain things you expect to happen. That yeah, yeah, Thankfully yeah. do not. Yeah. But like every time I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no, 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 no. Yeah, because we did a review of it. We did quite a lengthy review. Yeah. But it is a a standout film. Yeah, I will give it that. Let's just say it is mostly set in one location, much like a wounded fawn. Yeah, not to toot that film's horn again, but there we go. Um, it is really, really, really well done. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my number one. If you haven't figured it out already, because we have punted this up the list, uh, is prey. Predator five. Predator five or <coughs> prey. As it's officially known. I don't know why you insist on calling it Predator <laughs> 5. So we did a whole episode on Prey. Yeah. Uh, in which I sat and sang its praises for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never seen a Predator movie before. This was my first experience with the Predator franchise. And holy fucking shit. It is a masterpiece. And that's all I can say. I thought it was a good movie. And the dog survived. And the dog survives. I did Google halfway through because there's a website called Does the Dog Survive in This? And I did Google to see if the dog survived. I think it's one of those movies, like, I think a lot of people went into this, like, the Hellraiser reboot, which was a thing. 
and thinking, oh, it was a Hulu movie or a Disney Plus movie, and it's like, is it going to be any good? Like, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to water it down? Like, we talked a lot in the episode about, like, the Idiot Brigade online having their say about this, that, and the other, like they always do. But, like, the things that I love about this movie is, like, it took the Predator franchise, as someone who loves the franchise and has done since I was a kid, like, for me, the thing that works about this movie is it takes it, takes it back to basics. Mm. And, like, I love the fact that they changed the setting, they changed the look of the Predator, and they made it more of, like, a hunting film from both sides. Um, which is kind of what a Predator movie should be. I mean, yeah, it's fucking all fun and games watching the Predator hang out in LA, like, whacking fucking drug dealers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, like, this movie is so good because it's so simple. Yeah. Um, and it was directed by da- da- Daniel Trachtenberg, who directed Ten Cloverfield Lane, that well- world-famous woman trapped in the house of a crazy person movie. Um, and, you know, he he gets it. And they're kind of doing a similar thing. They're going to do a similar thing with the Alien franchise. They're making the new Alien franchise movie, directed Disney Plus or Hulu. Fede Alvarez, Don't Breathe, uh, is going to direct it. It's just going to go back to basics. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think this movie is fucking great. Like, it's only so far down on my list because I think the other four movies that um, I put above it were better. Yeah. But yeah, it was one of the year's biggest surprises because I was kind of a bit like okay, what is this movie actually going to be? And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a really interesting way to reinvent a long-standing franchise. Yeah. Before you do your number one, there are a couple of things I did want to mention of like honourable mentions. We said we weren't going to do Which we don't have. But like things that didn't make it onto my list, but I do think do deserve the recognition that they, they should get. Archive 81, first and foremost, didn't make it onto my list. Got cancelled at the end of season one, which is a massive shame because it was a very enjoyable show. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Glorious. Kiss is batshit fucking mental and it's got Ryan Kwan in it. Ryan Kwan? Quanton. Quanton. I can never pronounce what his surname is. Um, in it, who is fantastic in it. And again, is a single location film that really does a lot with being set in a men's toilet. Mm. Um, and then third film I wanted to just mention because I watched it today and I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping to, but I think the main character was really good. So we're all going to the World's Fair, which dropped on Shudder this year went to festivals last year so it was technically a 21 release uh is fucking really good and the main character whose actress name i can't remember anna cobb it's her first feature film and i would recommend watching this film just for her performance the the film itself is a little bit wishy-washy to a degree Mm. It's got some really good ideas and really good premise, but I just think it struggles in the actual punching out of it. Uh, but Anna Cobb is absolutely delightful in it. Who <coughs> is also in... She was in something else. Um, I can't remember what it was, but she was in something else. I think it's something we've talked about as well. She appeared in this year. I don't know. And I can't remember, but this was like her feature film debut, and she was very, very good in it. It's now going to annoy me, but go do your number one. Well, I figure out what she's in. Oh, was, was, Bones and all. Bones and all. Is she? Is she the main girl in? Bones no, she's and not all? the main girl in Bones and all. But she's in Bones and all. Oh, the Louis Guadagnino. Yeah, I was like, I know we mentioned it because I only think about it. The Louis Guacamole movie. I mm-hmm. can't think of what his fucking name. It's going to annoy me that I don't know how to say his name. 
Yeah, I mean, like, same for me, really. There was a few things that we could have, like, covered. I didn't cover any TV because I didn't really watch any horror TV this year. Like, we watched four episodes of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinets of Curiosity. And we also watched, like, a couple of episodes of, like, Midnight Club, which yes. to me was one of the most disappointing things that I didn't like Midnight Club because I am a Stanagan for Flanagan. Yes. And Midnight Mass is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. It very much um, is. So yeah, it was an interesting one not having any like horror TV shows on my list this year. Um, but yeah, my number one is another Disney Plus movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that caused outrage and caused parents to write letters to the Disney Corporation and ask for it to be taken off of the platform. Because huh. people don't know how to use parental controls properly. Oh, that's they're just silly. fucking idiots. Um, it is... The glorious, Tur- wonderful, the turtleneck Steveville, incredible, the invitation starring Natalie Emmanuel. Oh, it's absolutely delightful, absolutely phenomenal film. I'm surprised it didn't make it onto my list. No, I that movie is fucking dreadful. Oh, I didn't um, hate it, but sure, it's fresh. Yeah, uh, directed by Mimi Cave, starring uh, the woman who will turn any actor into the internet's darling, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, and. Uh, Sebastian Stan as, an unknown actor before before this film yeah as a TM Total Next Steve. Steve my great greatest horror villain of 2022 <laughs> is my boy Turtle Next Steve um, this movie came out of nowhere and was fucking amazing like I wasn't expecting to love this movie I watched this movie twice in the weekend it came out. And I've seen it a couple of times since. And like, t- I tell you what, the perfect the thing that this movie does is like, it makes you think for like the first, like for I think the first half an hour, they don't have a title sequence. No, they don't. And it makes you think that it's going to be a romantic comedy. Yeah. And then it pulls the rug out from, from underneath you. And it is another woman trapped in a house, like trapped in a basement. I think she's in fact trapped in a basement. You are correct. Uh, movie and there's there's multiple things I love about this movie I like the way that it's shot I like the way that the story unfolds and how it changes from one thing to the other Um, I love Sebastian Stan's acting in this movie I think he's fucking great and I think he's a great villain this movie is also responsible for the reason why Obsession by Anna Motion from the song from the 80s was in my top played songs on my Spotify raps this year mm-hmm. Because there's an amazing sequence in this movie where he's dancing to it. I think Daisy Edgar-Jones is brilliant in this movie as well as Noah. Um, Turtle Next Steve's victim slash love interest. Um, we did an entire episode on this. So if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts about why we thought this movie was so great. Then obviously there is an episode that you can listen to. Um, what did you what, what did you make of this movie? Because I remember at the time you were a bit like, what the fuck? So on... <laughs> What's the word I'm looking back? Looking back on this movie with some space between me and it. Um, I really actually do enjoy it. I think it's weird as fuck. Um, but it is a very enjoyable film. Sebastian Stan, as per usual, is an absolute delight. Uh-huh. For anyone who is unaware, I adore Sebastian Stan. Uh, and I will watch whatever shit he makes. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good film, actually. It's an odd film, and it does pull the rug out from underneath you. I think my main confusion with this movie is that it does spend half an hour being a romantic comedy. Yeah, and like a really good one at that. And, uh, yeah, like... it's a really <laughs> decent rom-com. And you're like, wait, what is this movie? What am I watching? And then obviously it kicks off. Yeah. But like for a third of this movie, you are literally like, I thought this was... Is this not a cannibal movie? <laughs> Because there's that really funny bit at the beginning where she's on the date with the guy and then he's like, are you paying? And then she pays. And then they collect the leftovers and he takes the leftovers from her as well. Yeah. And that's when she's in the supermarket when she meets Turtle Next Eve, who's... Sebastian Stan. Fucking amazing. He's gorgeous he's, and handsome. He's my favourite horror villain of, like, 2022. That's fair. I think he's just... There's just something about him... And I said, I think I said this to you the other day, or may, it might have been earlier when we were watching A Wounded Fawn, because they're very similar films to a degree. Um, like, he, he, the the thing that makes his villain performance is so great is how understated he is. Mm-hmm. And it's I think to a degree it's the same thing that makes um, Ethan Hawke's performance in The Black Phone so great, is that they're both, like, very quiet and very un- unassuming. But then there are these moments where, like, the rage comes out, mm-hmm. and there's, like, one particular scene... I don't want to spoil fresh too much for anybody in case you want to see it. And I highly recommend you do because it's fucking tremendous. Um, but there's a scene where he does something to Noah, but he does it so gleefully for such a heinous thing. And you're just like, should I be like enjoying this? Because it looks like he's having the fucking time of his life. But at the same time, this is a really upsetting thing that's happening to this poor girl. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's the great thing that this movie does. And like, the the thing that I love about this movie is the fact that it's directed by a woman as well. So it's directed by Mimi Cave, who is her feature film direct direct like it's her directorial debut, and it's so fascinating seeing this movie through the eyes of like a woman and like how he is presented, she is presented, and like the whole overarching story is presented. But yeah, I would highly recommend if you want to hear more of our thoughts on it, go and check it out. So. Of all the movies that are on our lists combined, if you want to know any more of our thoughts on them, there is an episode on Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I did with Cast Me to Hell. Uh, we have episodes on Prey, Scream, The Black Phone, Fresh. Uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Of all the ones that are on our okay. list that we did episodes Chucky on. Chucky Season 2. Chucky Season 2. Big up, bald Chucky. Um, so, At yeah. some point in the future, I'm sure there will be an episode on Wounded Fawn. Yeah, so go and check out all of those episodes if you were interested in why those films made it so high on our list. Um, Go back and check out any of the other episodes that you want to check out as well. Um, Once again, we got our Spotify wrap through. We want to say thank you so much to everybody that spent so much time with us last year. Um, I know we put out a ridiculous amount of content, but as we discussed, it was an incredible year for horror. Um, There's a couple of movies that didn't make it on our list that came out this year that we also did episodes on X... Studio 666, both uh, have episodes on them nope. as well. So you can go and check those out. And then obviously we did like episodes on like My Best Friend's Exorcism and uh, Wendell and Wild, Nope, and a few other things as well. So yeah, just go back, check out some of the stuff that we that didn't make it on our list but also came out this year. Once again, thank you for your, conti- uh, for your continued support. Uh, we will be back on Monday with our episode on From Hell, as previously discussed. And if you want to find us on social media... We are on Twitter at S-I-M-A-H-F-Pod. Well, we are at now currently. For now. For now. Until... As Twitter crashes and burns. Yeah. Around us. 
Um, we are also on Tumblr and Instagram at so I married a horror fan, all lowercase, all one word, no spaces. Um, but yeah, what have been your favourite films of 2022? Yeah, I should have put this out at the beginning. These are not the films that we consider to be the best. These are just our personal opinions and the films that we enjoyed the most. Yes. But we are very fascinated as we wrap up this year to see what everybody else's are. So yeah, if you if you want to come find us on social media, drop your top 10 list. We'd be very interested to see what they're like. See if there's any crossover. Uh, and as always, stay spooky, stay safe. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Bye.